Hi, I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to Friends with Elephants. A show for the cool nerd in you. A life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory. Live long and prosper. This was the final tweet of Leonard Nimoy. He posted it four days before his death. On February 27th, Leonard Nimoy passed away. He was such an important part of science fiction history that we decided that we wanted to honor his memory on our podcast today. So today's episode is going to be a science fiction episode. Everything we talk about will be rooted in sci-fi lore, and we're dedicating the entire show to Leonard Nimoy. But first, let's take a few minutes to talk about the man outside of Spock. Uh, He was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and both of his parents were of Jewish-Ukrainian heritage. Actually, his first language was Yiddish, and he not only spoke it, but wrote and read in Yiddish. The Vulcan nerve pinch that you did see on Star Trek was actually created by Nimoy and the writing staff when they were trying to figure out how an unarmed humanoid could defend himself. And this blew my mind when I discovered it today. Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby. (laughs) I mean, come on. That is a classic movie. I can't believe that myself. Like, that is insane. And that's not his only man and baby comedy. The other one that he directed was a little bit more of a failure. Uh, It's called... Funny About Love, and it starred Gene Wilder, and on the poster, there's a baby on his head. Huge voice actor. He appeared in The Simpsons. There was a film called The Page Master back in the day with Macaulay Culkin, and he played Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's voice in that movie. He's only really ever produced three things, but one of them was Star Trek VI, which I think is a really nice thing to think about because... That means that he really loved Star Trek. This he wasn't loved, just loved this character. Yeah, like and and he created an iconic character from which there has spawned so many offshoots. Mr. Nimoy, this one's for you. Mary Do Ditch, Alien Edition. Aliens, here we go, Ivana. I got three. I'm ready. Pretty awesome aliens for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yoda, Predator, or E.T. Really? E.T. phone home. (laughs) I can't even do it. But that's it. Yes. E.T. is your third. This is the list that you're giving me? That's the list I'm giving you. It's it's tricky. (laughs) Predator is freaky looking. I don't want to go anywhere near that thing. (laughs) But then there's E.T. who reminds me of a child. I can understand that. And so clearly I have to, I'm going to have to like ditch E.T., Simply out of the pedophilia. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Which leaves me with Predator. I mean, how could... Ugh. So what are you doing with Predator? Are you going to marry him? Uh, no, I think I'm going to do Predator because at least I can spend my life with Yoda. <laughs> I can do Predator that one time and then move on. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. What, you what had would, one crazy night. What would you do given these? Given these three? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know E.T. likes to drink, so we'll get into some weirdness and I'll do E.T. 
<laughs> Predator, I'm just flat out ditching. And yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna marry Yoda. I think the ceremony would be nice there <laughs> on Dagobah. And uh, living in a tree stump sounds pretty good to me. So that would be mine. I'll get you some aliens. Oh, bring it on. There has never been a female ugly alien. <laughs> like every female alien is hot. So yeah, absolutely. Bring them on. What? What? of sexist world do we live in? Listen, the galaxy's sexist. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the only aliens I can think of right now in my head are all good-looking females. Okay, whatever. Hit me. Hit me. I'm moving on. I'm going to hit you up. Um, Syl from Species. Yep, okay. She may be hot, but she's evil. Princess Leia, who is born in Alderaan, so that makes her an alien. Yep. Love it. I love where you're going with this. And Neytiri from Avatar. Oh. Well, Nateri is like a 10-foot ugly blue smurf giant. Well, assume you're the same size. Well, I'm ditching her. Why would I assume I'm 10 feet? (laughs) Well, I just, like, just scale up or down. No, 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 because now I'm scaling other areas of my body, and I can't have that. (laughs) And I don't have a tail. I can't can't do her. First guy in history (laughs) who says, I can't scale other areas of my body. I'm ditching Neytiri, because, sh- no. And it's Avatar, so it goes against my beliefs. You're stuff. just blue racist. Oh, man. Okay, so if I do sell from species, I could end up dead. Yeah. I- I'm taking that risk. I'm doing sell from species. I'll do whatever she wants, and hopefully I don't die. And then I'm marrying Leia. Well, yeah, I, like I feel like... I, I have to marry Leah. I, I volleyed that ball to you, that marriage ball. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> okay. Picture yourself as a 10-foot well, chick with big I, I'm t- clearly getting rid of Syl from Species. She is crazy hot. She's also super evil and terrifying and lethal. Oh, yeah. So that's out. Uh, also, she's super into, you know, making babies. And but she's not going to make a baby with you. Well, I assume if we're going to be together, that's her goal no matter what. Obviously, I'm I'm marrying Princess Leia. Who wouldn't? Oh, yeah. She's then I amazing. would also be a princess and we'd be princesses together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to do Neytiri from Avatar because I want to see what all this hoopla is with the tails and the but hair. But you don't have a tail. She'll figure it out. She'll do it with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> a nerd battle as old as time. Star Wars. Star Trek. Tell me why Star Trek is better than Star Wars. Star Trek is older than Star Wars. Star Wars must have been some brainchild born from Star Trek. Doesn't matter. Star Trek takes place in the future. Star Wars, long time ago, galaxy far, far away. Look at all of the amazing stuff we lost. We lost the Force. We lost lightsabers. We lost Yoda. Too many things happened in the past that were awesome, and then we see Star Trek in the future? Eh, pass. Star Wars is basically fantasy under the guise of sci-fi. Star Trek is about the future, and it's about humanity. It's about the actual world that we live in today. It's like an allegory for us becoming better every day. Everything we do is all about becoming humans who can accept any species, any color, any sex, Any creed. In the Star Wars universe, we already had that. We had a galactic senate made of all of different kinds of aliens. We lost that ability along the way. 
People screwed it up. Uh, because people like Darth Vader, he is the complete evil leader versus Star Trek that has cool bad guys. People who are gray, they have shitty things that they do in life, but really at the end of the day, you can always I'm kind of understand stop where you they're right coming there, from. But let's back it up to what you said. That evil, evil guy. There is no more iconic bad guy than Darth Vader. You can give me the Klingons. You can give me the Borg. Nothing is going to touch the Emperor and Darth Vader for pure, iconic, amazing bad guys. But Star Trek doesn't need iconic bad guys because it's evolved past needing a bad guy. Uh, that is so wrong because they have the phasers that have to attack bad guys Dude, they're all off. of the time. Phasers are usually sent to stun. You only kill in the, like, last case resort. Star Trek is about exploration, finding new worlds. Han would have shot Kirk first while he was setting his phaser to stun. Han is more badass than Kirk. Han is an idiot. <laughs> that is your argument? Han's an idiot? Han's awesome. The Millennium Falcon is better than the Enterprise. There's no way that the Millennium Falcon is better than the Enterprise. The Enterprise is like a city. The Enterprise is always getting shot at and shields, shields, deflectors are gone. Millennium Falcon, oh, look at this uh, meteor shower. Let's fly through it. Because the handling is that awesome. Sure, if I want handling and to fly through meteor showers, I can just pop into any of those little, I don't even remember what they're called, those little tiny airplanes that, or spaceships that come out. I of haven't even got to Jedi's. You show me a training montage from Star Trek that includes strapping a Muppet to your back and having to lift a giant plane out of a swamp with your brain. The training for Star or to become a Jedi, bajillion times harder than Starfleet. Complete and utter fantasy. Star Trek is rooted in reality. We are humans and we do not have the force. It does not exist in our universe and so we don't pretend to play those games. It's more sophisticated. Star Trek is all about humanity. First of all, everybody goes to school and I bet you, in fact, one day I'll write it. I'll write the Star Trek that happens in school and it's like the Star Trek University series and people get drunk and it'll be funny, it'll be amazing. <laughs> and I will watch it, but then I'm going to watch Star Wars afterwards. Let's take the women in Star Wars. Leia, this strong, powerful woman who is so much sexier than Uhura. Uhura? Uhura? Captain Janeway, buddy, she's the captain. She bears everything on her shoulders. You cannot tell me Princess Leia, who's in a bikini half the time, well, not half the time, but she is strong. It was one scene. <laughs> but it was so iconic that it follows her for the rest of her life in a good way. But still, she is a sex symbol and a girl versus Captain Janeway, who literally leads the entire Enterprise to like the farthest reaches of space that they've ever been. Chewbacca could kick the crap out of Worf. Uh, no. What? Worf? Worf has anger issues. Chewbacca stands no <laughs> chance. Also, Scruffy Nerf Herder is way more fun to say than any other line from Star Trek. Yeah! Okay, so uh, I think we got a little carried away before. <laughs> Sorry for that. Normally we ask 
<laughs> at the end, who do you guys think uh, won that fight? We honestly have no idea. So please let us know. Um, let, let's be honest. We'll never come to a, a conclusion. We'll never agree on this ever. Uh, I'm at Jester J on Twitter. At It's Ivana, Twitter as well. Or you can find us anywhere else, friendselephants.com. Uh, we'll go through it at the end of the at show. At the end of the show, you'll find it all. It is time for our TV and movie segment. This segment, I think, for us is, is evolving. It's Always be, evolving. Yeah, because it's one of our hottest topics, and so we're going to play around with it a lot. This week, we want to talk about science fiction movies. Here's the deal. Leonard Nimoy paved the way for amazing science fiction series, movies, characters. So Leonard Nimoy played Spock in Star Trek, a Vulcan man who couldn't show emotion, but he was the best part of the heart of that team. Because of that, he kind of made Star Trek work. And if Star Trek didn't work, none of these other series would work. So we give you a top 10 list of what we think the best sci-fi universes are. And Ivana, you kick us off, because I've been talking for a while. I do want to note there that Doctor Who is absent from this list, because Doctor Who was created before Star Trek. True. And therefore, it cannot be uh, really spawned from Star Trek. That's right. So Doctor Who fans, please don't find us on Twitter and yell at us. <laughs> we did think about you, and precisely because of that, you're not on the list. <laughs> you know I, who you are. I am a Whovian myself. As am I. Who isn't? Yeah, it's amazing. True. It's true. <laughs> okay. All right, number 10. Barbarella. This is one of my favorites. Uh, it is the 60s revolution, sexuality meets space, and it is incredible. And again, it's one of those pacifist kind of series, instead of fighting her way throughout life, Barbarella loves her way throughout adventure. And you've got to remember that Star Trek, the men and women of Star Trek in their day, all sex symbols, in fact. Number nine, I'm going with the fifth element. We would never have gotten this Luc Besson film if it wasn't for showing the way of how science fiction could bring a future that is both a utopia and a dystopia at the same time. Amazing characters. Bruce Willis is fantastic. And you have all of those aliens intermingling. Number eight is Avatar. I mean, that is a behemoth of a film and absolutely needs to be mentioned because that world, nothing quite like it had ever been created before. And here we go, spawning two sequels to that film, building on a franchise. Number seven is one of my personal favorites, Joss Whedon's Firefly, which oh. became Serenity. If you can't see the similarities, bunch of people on a spaceship, traveling around, doing missions on different worlds, then you're crazy. I have to tell you, I think that Firefly is kind of like created from the love of someone who loves both Star Trek and Star Wars. Joss Whedon, you are the man. I know, you are the man. Number six. This is one of my favorites. I just recently watched it, and I'm kicking myself for missing it in theaters. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy! It is brilliant! It was originally a comic, and now is about to become a movie trilogy, quadrology... At least a sequel. Definitely a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, you've got that charismatic leader in Star-Lord, and then you have all of these other heartful people, like Groot, 
He can only say three words, but he's Groot. And we are Groot. Oh, he's just... I love Groot. Who ever thought that that would actually be as lovable as it was? I did. I'm going to be the guy who says I did. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, Battlestar Galactica. And that whole Battlestar universe. You have Caprica. Mm -hmm. uh, You had the spinoff series. Man, Battlestar Galactica. I did not think that those... It's basically a political drama, but in space. Yeah. It's one of those things that, for those people who don't like sci-fi, if if you're a sci-fi lover, and you're, let's say, dating or friends with someone who is not into sci-fi, introduce them to Battlestar. Yeah, absolutely. And here's a, here's a funny comparison. If you are super stoked right now that Netflix just introduced House of Cards Season 3, you're going to love Battlestar Galactica. I know that's crazy to even think if you're not a sci-fi nerd. Also, if you're not a sci-fi nerd, thanks for listing our show. <laughs> um, but you're going to actually really dig it because the poli- the, poli- the politics of it are outstanding. All right. Number four, maybe a bit shocking, Stargate. Stargate. I don't know if that's shocking at all. I mean, you have this one feature film that has spawned so many series not unlike Star Trek, spawning off all these spin-off series over the years. Yeah, I know, but you know what? There's something about Stargate that at first you think it's like the geekiest of the geekiest. Not that, like, only the geeks really watch Stargate, where other people are going to check out Star Trek maybe a little bit, definitely Star Wars. Um, but they leave Stargate behind. Don't leave Stargate behind. It is a great action flick. Not to mention, it is freaking iconic. That circle that leads to other worlds, it was used in Big Hero 6. It was used in Gattaca. I mean, it is used again and again and again. So that's iconography that even goes across universes that we've created. Did you say iconography? Yeah, that's what it is. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Number three, we'd be remiss to mention all the Star Trek spinoffs. You got The Next Generation. You got Deep Space Nine, Voyager. All of these, these shows that kept going. And if you'll notice, every one of them sort of had a Spock. We had Data. We had Seven of Nine. Oh, I love Seven of Nine. You could argue Worf. All of these characters... Okay, wait, definitely not Worf. Worf was beside Data, and he was like a warlord. But he's the lovable warlord. Absolutely. But we have (laughs) Data. We don't need two. (laughs) All right, number two is... Star Wars. Star Wars. It's It's got to be in there. It built this giant universe. They go to different worlds. They probably just said, oh, hyperspace sounds great. Let's just take that warp drive idea straight from Star Trek, put it in the Millennium Falcon. This series is just as iconic as Star Trek and just as deserving of its spot of number two. Even if, even if Ivana is a little bit rolling her eyes at me. <laughs> I, I will admit that Star Wars is more popular and I am really curious and excited for the Star Wars that is currently being oh my created gosh, at Disney you Studios. Get here soon enough. <laughs> By the way, I heard a rumor that Sarah Michelle Gellar is joining Star Wars. She's joining Star Wars Rebels? Yeah. I guess it's the extending universe? Yeah. But it's just TV series. It's yeah, and crazy. TV is better than movies. Okay, all right. Just checking. Just checking that you knew that, like, like Buffy's not going to show up 
in Force Awakens. No, no, no. But she, like, the TV is better because then you can check in with her all the time. Every week, you hang out with Sarah Michelle Gellar and her awesomeness. All right, all right, all right. It is animated, so you're just hanging out with her voice. Doesn't matter. And the number one spot. This is a little controversial, but we really think it matters. Galaxy Quest. This is a straight takeaway from what made Star Trek so great, and that is the fans. This is a show that has built its entire empire on people falling in love with it. And that's what Galaxy Quest pays homage to the entire way through. I You said it so well. No, it's true. I think that Galaxy Quest is a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously and is really a nod to all of our fangirls and fanboys out there. All of us who pay good money and spend way too much of our time thinking about these fantasy worlds that don't actually exist. <laughs> Making podcasts about it. <laughs> yeah. It's time for the advice corner. Uh, so Gina had a question for us. All right. She had a relationship question. She said, when it comes to watching movies... I like comedies, and my boyfriend thinks they're stupid. He wants me to be more open-minded to Star Wars and Star Trek movies. Uh, he said that I should show more interest in Star Wars so we could have more to talk about in conversation. How important are these common interests in a relationship? I mean, I think they're moderately important. I think it's very important to have common interests in a relationship, but it doesn't necessarily matter what they are, and they don't have to be about movies. My girlfriend is not a geek. I am, I am not dating a geek, which is astonishing to me. Because the first time she said she had never heard of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, my head almost blew up. <laughs> um, honestly, as long as your core fundamentals are there, if you, you love each other's family and you want family and... You want to spend each other's lives together and you see it in your head. If you don't see it in your head, that's a flag. When you see your future together and all the big things line up, huh, if they don't watch Star Wars, that doesn't really matter. Although, Becky, you need to watch Star Wars. I don't understand how it's been as long as it's been and you haven't watched Star Wars. Also, Blake is the same. Little known, actually... Big known fact, Blake has never seen Star Wars. What? What's wrong with their significant others? And he goes actively out of his way to avoid watching it just because it angers everybody in the world. That And I maybe the Becky, that's why she does it too. But it man, totally is. They're so stubborn. You know what we should do? We should lock them in a room, glue their eyes open. Oh yeah, sure. That's not safe. <laughs> but yes! <laughs> and force them to watch all six films. <laughs> Yeah, that first three would be pretty hard to get through. <laughs> uh, anyways, Gina, I, I hope that helps answer your question. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, be sure to tune in next Sunday uh, when we release another one of these. If you'd like to reach out and tell us anything that might be on your mind, maybe ask for some advice... Check us out at friendselephants.com. On Facebook at Friends Elephants. Email us at friendswithelephants at mail.com. Or you can always catch me up on Twitter. I'm at Jester J. And I'm at It's Ivana. Basically, we've made it really easy for you to find us. And I'm confident that because you're listening to this right now, you know all of this. 
<laughs> because you're really, really smart. And give us some comments. Give us some ratings. We really do want your honest feedback because we're here to improve and get better. Yeah, we want to get better. We want to make the show better for you. Thanks for hitting us up this week instead of a closet. We're in a fort. We're in a fort. And it is time to get out of this fort. Freedom. Freedom.